caught my microphone on my chair. Let me get settled for a second. And take a deep breath. We've been looking at hope, hope's history, all year, decade by decade, in anticipating celebrating our 50th next month. And we're coming up closer and closer to current history as we step into the aughts, the first decade of the third millennium. So I'm preaching with notes today so the church has a written record, which I've done for each of the past decades. And our world didn't slip easily into the year 2000. In fact, in 1999, there was this wave of hysteria and dire predictions almost about the end of the world, about whether digital devices of the time could handle that rollover from 1999 to 2000. Life, life was primitive back then. The iPhone was still seven whole years away, and names like Blackberry and Razor, that was cutting-edge communication. Windows 98, or the classic Mac operating system, were running home in company computers. So many digital systems, from train schedules to heart monitors, represented years with the four-digit years, 1999, with only the final two digits, 99. So, ooh, when 99 was going to turn into 00 again, would it be the year 2000 or 1900? And the assumption was that many of the systems would crash because of these wrong dates or incorrect dates. This Y2K or millennium bug problem was going to bring the world to a halt. In fact, in 1999, there was the amazing spike in survivalist movements because you better be ready. You need your dry food because, and water stored. Fear. Fear is a powerful, powerful thing. And yet, it's not a tool that we wield frequently or lightly in our theological or philosophical kits in Unitarian Universalism. Rather than fear of hell or eternal damnation, since we don't know what's going to happen when we die, I'd encourage fear of certainty, otherwise known as humility. I'd encourage fear of assumptions, otherwise known as curiosity. I'd encourage fear of rigid orthodoxy or orthopraxy, otherwise known as welcoming inevitable change, allowing for evolution of our actions and our rituals. I'd encourage fear of unexamined and rigid theologies. I led a staff retreat yesterday. Your staff is working hard and willing to show up at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. That's dedication. 
And we were looking at the thinking of Unitarian Universalist theologian James Luther Adams. Really, he was Unitarian, but we Universalists and Unitarians claim him wholeheartedly. And he witnessed firsthand World War II, the beginnings of World War II. He was in Germany just as Hitler was rising to power. And he was mortified by the Christian churches and the Jewish synagogues and all religious institutions, their incredibly feeble response to the rise of fascism. And that moment in time, he was young, he was in his 20s, that colored the rest of his life and his understanding of the role of theology and what was important. And he had a favorite adage that he repeated over and over to hundreds of his seminary students. He taught at Harvard and Princeton and Meadville Lombard, and he led Unitarian churches. So all the congregants heard James Luther Adams saying, an unexamined faith is not worth having, for it can only be true by accident. Authentic faith, this is now me saying, authentic faith is a scrutinized, self-critical faith. So I'd encourage fear. When we hear someone say, you can believe anything you want if you're Unitarian Universalist. I hear that a lot. And they're mistaking our acceptance of people's varying progress in an examined spiritual and ethical life for religious chaos. We each have our aha moments. We each come to an understanding of a piece of the meaning of life at different times and in different places along the way. I'd encourage fear when you hear, with no trace of irony, I go to the Unitarian Universalist Church because I don't believe in organized religion. (laughs) My colleague, Marilyn Sewell, has a retort to this remark because it's one we hear a lot as well. And she says, I can't claim this, so I have to have someone else speak this. Gee, I try to be organized... And we do have a choir and name tags and a budget and committees and a minister and an intern minister and we ordain someone and a building. That's pretty darn organized. Unitarian universalism is a religion and one with a long, noble history. We are a free religious faith and so have no creed. And as freedom is wont to do, our faith invites a certain degree of wackiness and abuse. And abuse. But if that's the price of freedom, then I still choose freedom. Back in the early 2000s, religious freedom was on the minds of Hope Unitarian Church members. We had an adult forum and tried to 
pull out of people their memories of that decade. And one thing that caught my attention is the congregation organized and briefly hosted an annual Religious Liberty Award dinner. And these were public events honoring a notable Tolson whose work embodied religious freedom. So we were making a public statement and bringing the public up here. In 2000, the very first one, Dr. John Wolfe, the Reverend Dr. John Wolfe, the senior minister at All Souls, received the first award. And then the next year, the editor of the progressive and searing Oklahoma Observer, Frosty, Frosty Troy. And then in 2002, Yolanda Charney, who was an amazing Tulsa activist in incredible array of different activities in the city. And then there was a pause. Things were happening. And it was two years later that the church gave the interfaith leader, he was also the minister at uh, Fellowship Congregational Russell Bennett, the award. And then for a variety of reasons, money, energy, uh, I'm not judging that it stopped, but we stopped. We stopped making religious liberty something that we were focusing our hearts and minds on. And I said earlier, I'd like to read what those keynote speakers said. What, what, were, what was going on in Tulsa, I can imagine, and I did a little research, but what were we pushing against in our city to make this something we really wanted to say? That history would help us understand our issues as a city today. And I really admire the collective work that went into these public events. I'm sure they were, from the work we've been doing on the 50th, it's, it's, a, it's a thing to have people come share your hospitality. But it's important. And I'm proud that the church chose to engage in these issues of religious liberty. It may be time to find a way to re-engage religious freedom and speak as a church now. Because that term is tossed around in ways that actually upend the phrase. And we need to be speaking about what it really means. This is an old story now. I'm sure you know well about the religious freedom was evoked when the bakers in Colorado refused to serve and bake a cake for a gay couple. And our Unitarian Universalist Association signed on with 1,300 other clergy and faith leaders to speak out in that case, the Masterpiece Cake Shop and Colorado Civil Rights Commission. So this is what our association has to say most recently about religious freedom. It is both morally wrong and not constitutionally required to permit blanket discrimination in the public marketplace for goods and services based on the personal religious beliefs of merchants with respect to same-sex couples' rights and relationships. Friends of the court, Amaki believe that, to the contrary, public accommodation laws 
should be applied on the basis of religiously neutral principles of equal protection under the law. So how is religious liberty upheld or perverted in our city? Is it a factor in upcoming local elections, public education? You know, the media neglected to mention that groups were handing out religious anti-abortion leaflets as students got off buses at Edison High School in August. There was not a peep in the paper. Not a peep. What roles does religious freedom have in commerce and industry here? In our entertainment, in our choices of entertainment. So what is religious freedom? Let's start with affirming the inherent worth and dignity of every person and the right of conscience. Humans flourish under responsible liberty. With this stand, we support civil liberties, the right to freedom from government harassment, whether based on religion or otherwise. And we've been taking this stand, this stand in 2018, for 450 years. Our Unitarian commitment to religious liberty is that ancient. I'll use that word. The Unitarian king, John Zygismund. Transylvania, now known as Romania, pronounced the first edict of religious freedom in the year 1568. So this is not some newfangled, liberal, progressive idea. The church in Torda, where this proclamation was made, still stands. I'm dying to go there. Who wants to go? (laughs) Okay, trip! Really? King Zygismund had a, a spiritual advisor, actually a bishop, Francis David, Frank David, and he was the single most influence on the king's thinking. And his famous words still live within us. Frank David said so simply, you need not think alike to love alike. That is our foundational theological statement. At the center of our faith is not belief, creed, but love. So the Edict of Torda, this famous 450-year-old statement, you've heard me read part of it. It's the last paragraph that often gets recited, and it's worth reciting. This is what Romania, Transylvania, came to understand. And it was a brief moment in in history, which is why we have to keep fighting for it. Always. It doesn't happen and then we're done. In every place the preachers shall preach and explain the gospel, the good news, each according to his or her understanding of it. And if the congregation like it, well. If not, No one shall compel them, for their souls would not be satisfied. But they shall be permitted to keep a preacher 
whose teaching they approve. No one shall be reviled for his or her religion by anyone. And it is not permitted that anyone should threaten anyone else by imprisonment or a cake. For faith is the gift of God. We'd use different language today, but I think you get it. I know you get it. This expression of religious freedom was an almost unimaginable act in an age in which people were being burned at the stake for not getting their theology right. In fact, after Sigmund's death, this wide-open door got closed and David lost favor and was arrested and languished in prison and died. Today we might not say faith is a, the gift of God, but faith, but a gift of our human capacity, of our brains connected to our hearts, connected to our lungs, and our collective explorations. We take that breath together for a reason. No, you cannot believe anything you want. Our faith has requirements. To become Unitarian Universalists, we make no doctrinal promises, but we are required to do so much more. We promise to use our reason and our experiences and the dictates of our conscience to decide upon our own theology. Then, this is the hard part, we are asked to actually live by that theology. We are asked to take our chosen faith very seriously. And to do that, we grant all others the same religious freedom. And we guard against their conclusions being imposed upon us, our children, and our community. In a very real sense, all theology is autobiography, is it not? Our experiences, real and vicarious, is what informs our sense of reality, our internal picture of the way the world works, what our values are. We believe what we know is true, that is, our felt knowledge, not always what we're told is true. In the final analysis, how can a person who wishes to live with integrity do other than this? We Unitarian Universalists do have a theology. We believe in original goodness with the understanding that sin is sometimes chosen, chosen, often because of pain or ignorance. We believe that revelation or wisdom is ever, ever unfolding. We do not have all the answers. We believe that Jesus was a prophet of God and that other prophets have arisen, continue to arise. It all ties in together. Revelation is unfolding. 
We believe that heaven, that steeple isn't pointing up, we believe that heaven is created right here on this earth. And we believe that love is more important than doctrine. Perhaps most importantly, we believe that human beings should be free to choose their beliefs according to the dictates of their own conscience. As long as love is at the core. No, you cannot believe anything you want as Unitarian Universalist. And yes, we will give you space, support, and tools to shape your theology. Be not afraid. And yes, since we honor religious freedom within ourselves, we have to honor the authentic efforts <coughs> in all others. <coughs> and in 2018, we must call out all false claims of religious liberty that ignore love. Be not afraid. We need not think alike to love alike. May it be so.